0: You all so this goes to you and to the team for all the hard work we put in day in day out. <laughs> we about to get it in baby. Let's get it.
1: Welcome to our kind of pod. Stan join me once again to break down the win over the buffs on Saturday, but we went off the beaten path this week for a very seasonal Halloween edition of the pod. We compared UW players to Halloween candy, and this season to childhood Halloween costumes. It was uh, it was downright wacky. Uh, that plus a brief Cal preview, some Pac-12 talk, and national scene discussion. Great cat, OKG, and all kinds of fun in between. Enjoy it. Okay, I'm here with the one the only the great the wise uh the facial hairless as we were just discussing michael stanton uh correct stanton how are you
0: i am fantastic uh some big news that just a big development in my life in the past 20 minutes for me uh was just received the husky basketball season tickets so uh this would be a perfect primer to uh let everyone know we're thinking about some hardwood pods, mm-hmm. uh, a little basketball pods. So we'll see how that goes.
1: It's coming. It's coming. I'm up to my ears in uh, in in work right now. But after we get out of this next week, should be a great time. Um, also, some some programming notes. I will be in Seattle next weekend, uh, and we will certainly see each other before then. Uh, maybe tear up a, a diner or, or two. Um, a live show potentially a live who knows show. if that could work its
0: way into the mix but that would be fun
1: i've been stopped uh, at airplane or at airports more often because of um of carrying banana grams in my backpack that i have with my microphone so uh <laughs> i can totally bring it in. and in fact i will so we will um wonderful yeah we will make make that happen for sure um all if right only, uh, the issaquah denny's
0: was still oh. functioning that it's, would be the place no question
1: it's too bad man I, yeah. <laughs> I've i resisted every urge to get a GoFundMe up to, to restore that place but uh <laughs> just you know injustice is everywhere um, Yes, correct. we are fresh off a win against the Colorado Buffaloes 27 to 13 uh it was a one of those days for me where um you know on the east coast there's just not a whole lot of uh, contingency out here for, for UW fans, and I was uh, visiting my girlfriend's family, uh, so I was out and about during the day kind of watching the game from uh, from the box score, which is one of my favorite ways to watch it, um, and then caught up a little bit later. You were live in there, and it seemed like throughout that game, it was a little bit of a, it was a frustrating yet solid win, if I were to
0: characterize it from the outsider's perspective, am I right? frustrating correct I wouldn't say solid it was just what would what needed to be done Mm. Uh, just the bare minimum in my opinion I thought there was we were pretty messy there was a lot of mistakes Um, obviously the two turnovers didn't help Um, I I mean I'm looking at the penalties there weren't many penalties we only had three penalties but all three were 15 yarders so uh, and one of them came on that I mean there's just dumb plays here and there Um, the one, you know, that, that extended the the drive on the punt when I I forget who it was, uh, jumped over the, the blockers in front of the punter, like Mm -hmm. just stuff like that where it's like, okay, that's just not knowing the rules of the game. Like just, so I was pretty frustrated personally, especially for a team that had aspirations to, you know, be in the top four by the end of the season, we should be blowing out teams like Colorado, um. A team that probably their record is a little inflated, um, given their opponents. But at the same time, we did win, which at the end of the day is pretty much all that matters. Mm-hmm. So uh, we move along to California.
1: Yeah, maybe I had the benefit of of not watching the uh, the every play then, and just kind of updating as as GameCast allowed me to see from from uh, from my phone there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, the things that I'm seeing here, kind of after the fact. That at least can be can be dwelled on for some positive notes, especially coming off of that Oregon game where third and fourth down uh, was so problematic. To see UW on defense go three of 15 on third and fourth downs is a huge improvement um, against a team that you know every team that the Huskies play and now uh, have Mm -hmm. seen the book against what Oregon did is going to try and replicate that, which I think Colorado did. You know, stick to a a short passing game um, and and kind of really pounded on the ground and. And they certainly did that, but were uh, were unable to convert and to extend drives, uh, which is certainly a telling sign or a or a positive sign, I should say. Uh, You also had 40 carries for for uh, 201 yards without Miles Gaskin. Uh, That's 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 a nice number there to get that running game going. Uh, But I think you know just kind of uh, that that complete game of like that thorough shutout offense, defense, special teams, all showing up, and both facets of the offense all showing up in one game. Just really hasn't happened yet. I mean, Jake Browning, 15-25 uh, for a buck fifty and a touchdown and a, and a pick on the day, just not not quite perfect. You know, not quite uh, mm-hmm. kind of humming at the level we'd want them to be humming at this point. So the frustration is definitely there, but uh, also some signs of, of positivity.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about it after the game. I was thinking about what what games have we actually. Played where I walk out of the stadium or turn off the TV and feel good about our performance. And um, BYU, I think it's only BYU this season. Mm-hmm. Um, now, feeling good about your performance can be a few things. Uh, like say Auburn, I don't know if we played that bad as a whole, but we we hurt ourselves, you know. Yeah. So like it's it's playing to the level that I expect this team to be capable of playing at, and I only think we've achieved that really against. BYU. there's even though we beat uh, North Dakota forty-five to three, I believe it was. Um, there were still many points in that game that was slop- that were sloppy, and I mm-hmm. thought we should have been better. So, um, yeah, I know that at, might be at an unfair. Picks, running a two picks, yeah, against exactly. Yeah, so exactly. I know that kind of might be unfair, um, but at the same time, this is big-time college football, and there's expectations that are set, and those expectations are set for a reason. So, um, yeah. I it's disappointing that we haven't been able to play to that level um, at the same time though like i said we did win so at the end of the day i can't be too upset
1: yeah the the 27 number that the huskies put up i mean uh, we, we were i mean uh, just being in, in threads with with you and a bunch of the guys talking about uh, how that game was going and it was kind of uh, you know i was looking at the game cast being like yeah, that's okay but then there was some some frustration on on that end for the people that were in attendance and i was like well we still for everything that's going on, might cover the spread here and and do exactly mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do in that game. Uh, just a couple things go a different way, and and you're right there. Uh, two field goals in the red zone is certainly not not great. Although it's good to see Peyton Henry um, be successful and, and hit kicks after after the uh, the Oregon debacle, and then you know that unfortunate touchback with Chico McClatcher, uh, which would have put mm-hmm. you at the you know the one yard line. Um, you're you know those those two things being converted in the red zone, and then the Chico play. Uh, now all of a sudden you put up 42 points instead of 27, and it, it sounds a lot better uh, in that regard. Sure. So close, and and you know you can't apply those points because it's just you know you're talking um, hypothetical at this point. But um, mm. you know it's it's there. It's just got to all come together in one game. And, and uh, I think this Cal game op- offers an opportunity um, to see that against a pretty good defense. But uh, can they put it all together?
0: Yep, that is the question, and uh, I guess we'll know at three thirty or six thirty your time on mm-hmm. Saturday. There we go. Or three hours after that. You're
1: already so. doing the, the the mental math that I am incapable of doing. I've already a couple times this year uh, incorrectly uh, arrived at a, at a place or a bar thinking the game was about to start, <laughs> um, but I still can't figure out the three hours part of uh, living on this this side of the country. Uh, all right, we uh, we just talked about the game, and anyone who's been listening to us um, since the beginning of the season. Uh, It's like, all right, you guys are about to talk about four downs. Um, Well, a couple of different things about this this week. We have done four downs for, what, eight times before this. Uh, We've talked about a lot of things, and there's a lot of run over between, you know, are we going to talk about Ben Burkirvan again? Uh, How did Jake Browning play? The running game. And all of those things are great topics, and you can talk them to death, I think. Uh, but we've done that. We've done all that, mm-hmm. and uh, it's time to, uh, to to branch out to diversify just a little bit. And given uh, the the thematic Halloween uh, hol- holiday coming up next week, I figured let's uh, let's do something a little wacky. Let's, let's get nutty here. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. Ooh, co- <laughs> yeah, that's right. a pun. We are gonna compare uh, ten of the Huskies players to. Uh, Halloween candy bars, or candies, I would say, because if we said bars, Mm -hmm. and that precludes us from some of the best candies that are out there uh, in the trick or treat. We don't preclude candy here. We do not. We do not. We are an equal opportunity candy Exclude, I should say. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So what we're going to do is Stanton's going to bring up five offensive players, and I will bring up five defensive players uh, and compare them to candies. Um, Pretty straightforward. What do you got for your first offensive player?
0: Well, I mean, you know where we're going to start with this one. It's Jake Browning, because we just can't talk about this guy enough on this podcast. Um, He is going to be given the Sour Patch Kids assignment in this process. I like it. I like it already. Just given the fact that Sour Patch Patch Kids are um, famously sour than sweet. And I think it's a bit synonymous with Jake's season, because it's been a little bit up and down here. So, uh, yeah, Sour Patch Kids. You get a little bit of the... Of the sweetness from it, but uh, at the same time, you're going to get a little bit of head scratching play from Jake Browning for a fourth year starter. So uh, sour patch kids, it is.
1: I like that. Yeah, sour sweet gone. Right. That's that's the uh, yeah. And that's and he will be after this year. It's exactly. That's the tagline there. there is. Of, um, kind of, if you could describe Jake Browning's four-year career, uh, it might be exactly what Sour Patch's tagline is. Uh, well done, prophetic there. <laughs> Um, mine, uh, on defense, I figured it's, it's pretty much the same thing of the guy you'd expect to talk about here on defense. Yep. Uh, that would be Miles Bryant. Totally kidding. Uh, Ben, <laughs> ben Burke-Kirvin, uh, is our there guy here, BBK number 25. Uh, and to answer this question of how we would compare, uh, uh BBK to a, a candy bar, first of all, BBK sounds like a candy bar or a fast food yep. chain or something like that. Um, but I asked myself, what is the grittiest candy bar? What's, what's the hardest you know, crunchiest, mm-hmm. um, you know, most, most, uh, most dedicated candy bar, sticky. Uh, and I said, it's payday, right? You ever had a payday?
0: Nice. I have.
1: I actually like payday it's back in the day. Bar. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, I used to probably shy away from, from that, but I think my, my adults, uh, taste buds are really starting to set in. And so payday sounds real good. My adult, it taste has little cool peanuts. It does. Yeah. Around a, a nougatty, uh, peanut. Yeah. Like core. Um, it's rare. It is. It is. It's like um, what's the other one? It's like a baby Ruth minus the chocolate, basically. Um, and I'm not a huge chocolate fan, so, so oh the... wait, am I totally thinking
0: of baby Ruths? Or or do yeah. pay- paydays have Peanuts, right?
1: Paydays have peanuts, but yeah, no chocolate okay. on them. Yeah, so it's like okay. a, it's like a okay. tan bar. Um, but uh, yeah, my taste buds <laughs> are so adult that I I didn't even blink an eye yesterday on the airplane, and I ordered. Uh, a ginger ale, and I was—I had it in my hand. Oh, and I'd yeah. taken three sips of it, and I was like, "Wow, I'm at the point in my life where a ginger ale um, is the only thing I want." So it's gotten to that point. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, payday, gritty, crunchy, uh, whole peanuts, as you said. No, no uh, cutting corners here. Um, ben Burkhoven is your NCAA tackles leader. I would not be surprised if at some point this year there's kind of one of those cutaway features where they talk about um you know here's here's our sideline reporter spending a little bit of time learning about Ben burke and then Ben burke explains to the sideline reporter uh that he was actually raised by a family of mongoose and that has led him to to this point um and you know they didn't really understand how to help him apply to colleges or the recruiting process and that's why he he kind of flew under the radar a little bit uh but he loves them nonetheless uh, his mongoose family um he's that type of guy just a very intense um a ferocious player he has more than double the amount of, of of tackles of the next closest Husky on the team. Got his first interception of the year, which is great for our Bedner at campaign. Uh, for for Ben Burkirvan. Uh just uh, just a, an all around solid dude and all around so, solid candy bar uh, for him.
0: That's a that's a great call. Mm. I I agree wholeheartedly with the payday angle there. Um, I'll move on to my next one just to get get this going. Uh, Miles Gaskin, and I gave him Snickers because uh, Snickers is just kind of the king of candy bars. I know that might be a controversial comment by me, but okay. yeah. When I think of Snickers, I think of probably the most popular chocolate bar there at candy bar there is around. So um, he's given Snickers. I mean, he's the all-time leading rusher at U Dub, um, so it's aptly. Um, He's given Snickers because of that. Um, just to recap, Miles Gaskin was out this past week against Colorado. I believe it was a shoulder issue, something that was very apparent in the uh, last couple games with him, especially against UCLA. Oh yeah. Um, but with that said, i I expect him to be back this week. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure to be. I haven't heard anything, but I just feel like he would be. I don't know if you've heard anything. <laughs>
1: Uh, I think uh, Keith Bonaparte, the the Husky running backs coach, said that that's the plan this week is to get Gaskin back. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm of the opinion, and we've talked about this before, that you know setting helping set Miles Gaskin up as best as possible for that next level, um, yep. and and having him back fully healthy for the Stanford game, I think are two um, two goals that the that the team should take sure. into consideration, especially given um, you know at some point. Next year, you're handing the reins to to Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant, and uh, and uh, Savan Ahmed in in that mm-hmm. Husky backfield, and so you know, kind of giving them as many reps at that of being the full time guys at, at, uh, while Gaskin gets healthy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So uh, if he doesn't play, yeah. you know, just let it happen. But I, I'm with you on the the uh, the Snickers angle. Uh, I don't know if you knew this about Snickers, but uh, Snickers satisfies, and Miles Gaskin ah. has most definitely done that. Um, just a inc- incredibly productive, um, high calories. I think that's why we like Snickers so much. Can really mm. double as a solid lunch if you're in a pinch. Uh, oh breakfast, wow, good breakfast to know. for sure. Oh yeah, uh, Snickers. You know the hungry campaign. That's that's totally legit. They've they've yep. done that well. Um, I like that. <laughs> you you are two for two on your comparisons so far. Perfect. Um, with with those gentlemen, I'm going to move on to my number two guy here, okay. uh, and that's Greg Gaines. Okay. All right. And I had Greg Gaines as the uh, the bowl of candy on a on a, a porch as you're as you're going <laughs> the take to take as uh, many as you want. Not take as many as you want. There's a sign oh. that says take two, because that's what Greg okay. Gaines does on every play. Uh, just uh. swallowing double teams. Uh, Greg Gaines <laughs> does a lot of unsung things. Got a got a tackle for loss this weekend. Um, he still needs his kind of. True husky moment though, like Greg Gaines needs one of those big fella fumble recovery scoop and score, you yep. know, set up to an oxygen machine after he has to run thirty yards type, <laughs> type things uh, at some point this year. So I hope that we get that from Gaines.
0: Yeah, Stanford or WSU games; those are the those are the ones to do that in to really uh, leave your mark. I would so hope so. I
1: would hope so. That
0: would be great. Yeah. Um, moving great. along. Go ahead. Savon Ahmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pop Rocks. I like it. uh, As we know, Sivan Ahmed is an explosive back for the Huskies. He's played pretty well as of late, amassing three touchdowns in the last two games on the ground uh, for a total of 134 yards. Uh, For the last five games, he's averaging 9.2 carries, which I know this was a conversation earlier in the year that he needs to be fed more carries. Uh, since the conference season start started that's the last five games he's had 9.2 averaging 6.67 yards per carry Um, that's right around where you want him to be he had nine carries this past weekend which was only which was actually less than McGrew and Pleasant um, Mm -hmm. who had 12 and 10 respectively but uh, nine with with Gaskin back in is I think the perfect amount for him so it's exciting to see him being utilized like that
1: I think uh there's, there's definitely a perfect amount of Pop Rocks to be, to be consumed at any given moment, too. Uh, it's usually just like one or two handfuls and you're, you're, about, yeah. you're about done with Pop Rocks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, a, good, a good and apt comparison one more time there. Uh, <laughs> to Byron Murphy for myself, I had Murph okay. as, a, as a nerd's rope. Um, okay. Your likelihood of, of seeing a nerd's rope in your candy bag when you come home and, and dump it out, uh, very low. Oh. But boy, oh boy, are you surprised and excited to see one uh, if you dump it out. And that's how I feel every time that the ball even goes Murphy's way. Uh, it's, it's just at the point where he's just not getting targeted, and for good reason. Um, he has 37 targets against him uh, so far this year through seven games. 19 have been caught by the opposing receiver. And then Murphy has knocked 12 of those down and then intercepted another one. So uh, just an incredible amount of, of production from Murphy and his activity in balls thrown in his direction shows his kind of proximity to opposing receivers. Uh, unfortunately with Murph though, uh, pro football focus I saw had him as their 17th highest rated prospect in the uh, NFL draft, the second highest corner. Uh, so I think it's about time we start thinking about how much we will miss Byron Murphy next year because uh, people have figured out how good he is.
0: Yeah. The silver lining is that's probably your deepest position. on uh, The whole team But, uh, yeah, that's a tough one to lose. Um, Have you ever had a Nerds Rope? Oh, yeah. I assume that is – okay, because I actually haven't. Wow. Uh, I've had Nerds, obviously, but Mm -hmm. not the Rope. So uh, I might need to go to the store after this uh, recording to go uh, try that out. But, uh, anywho, uh, next one, Aaron Fuller, uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. My reasoning is a little bit – circuitous here so i will stick with uh, you hear me out yeah yeah okay so reese's peanut butter cups are in my opinion the opposite of butterfingers and my reasoning for that well obviously opposite of butterfingers because aaron fuller just catches everything that's seemingly thrown his way including that amazing one-handed grab this this past weekend um opposite of butterfingers though reese's peanut butter cups because Instead of the Butterfinger, which has a crispy peanut butter core, mm-hmm. that's in quotes per Wikipedia, <laughs> Rhesus has a soft, creamy peanut butter core. Okay. So it is Are you completely calling opposite in that regard. I am not. I'm calling him a smooth, creamy, peanut butter-esque type of receiver is what I'm getting at. I think it. It all just ends with Reese's peanut butter cups. So there <laughs> you have it. He has 42 catches for 652 yards, only three touchdowns, but that yardage is good for 20th in the country this season. So that's production that we, none of us were expecting and can, all can be pretty excited about, especially given the fact that he is almost certainly coming back next season for mm-hmm. one more year. So there it is Aaron Fuller, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup.
1: Yes, uh, my, my my young son, Aaron, uh, I'm very proud mm-hmm. of him for, for achieving this, uh, the, the, especially as we've talked about with, with Fuller before, um, you know, given that he was kind of a, a bunch of, of the, the leading candidate of a bunch of candidates to maybe break out at receiver to, to see him be at this point where uh, he's clearly one of the team stars and one of their best players and has a chance to be first team all-conference uh, if he continues playing as well as he has throughout this year. Uh, just a little more production from him, um, just for the raw numbers, would we'll probably get him there. But regardless, uh, we know what we have uh, with him next year as, as a true number one receiver. Certainly. So that has been quite the revelation this year. I'll go to Taylor Rapp, uh, who I compared to uh, my probably my least favorite candy, but this is still a credit to it's a wrap. Uh, it's a warhead, and I oh. I have traumatic experiences with warheads because my my older <laughs> brother would like make me have them as a kid. Um, I'm like four years old, and he's like, he's like, have one. And I'm like, no, 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 they're, they're sour. And he's like, we tried it again. We tried it last weekend. You, you almost got it. And and I would be like, no, no, no. It's so my brother. And just a classic line, uh, I hope he's listening, would, would always just say, if you're scared, say you're scared. And I'm, like, I'm not scared. Then i take the warhead and just hate myself afterwards. <laughs> uh, but so Taylor Rapp uh, is a warhead because of his ability to just blow plays up. Um, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the rap sack is truly an artful, artful thing. Uh, it's just a, a mix of, of his timing, jumping to play, his speed and athleticism. And then, uh, some of the technique that he's talked about this year with, with his pass rush, uh, ability. I hope that we get to a point where, where it doesn't have to be Taylor rap generating the pass rush. And it seems like we're kind of getting there. Um, and we can see rap kind of flash his abilities uh, as a ball. Um, as you know, his ball skills with the ball been getting thrown at him, uh, and deep down the field mm-hmm. as with Byron Murphy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Taylor Rapp for his ability to just blow plays up, uh, is my, my warhead analogy.
0: I, I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a bit, it's a bit like the Aaron Fuller one, a little more explaining to do, yeah. but, uh, this one, this last one that I have, I think falls in that category as well. I chose Jackson Kirkland. Um, okay. this one was kind of more so off of just feel, overall feel. So, and s- try to feel this comparison with me, sure. all those people out there listening. Um, I put down almond joy or mounds, or just kind of those obscure candies that like only your dad or grandpa like eats regularly, you know? Okay. Yep. Um, Like, I don't think they're bad by any means, but I just don't go out of my way. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Just kind of no BS. uh, I'm going to eat it and like it type of thing. Like, I don't care what you think. Um, (laughs) You know, just a real lunch pail type of mentality, candy bar. Um, So that's Jackson Kirkland right there. So that's, I chose Almond Joy Mounds or just whatever that kind of falls in that weird uh, category that you only know one person who really eats that type of thing or yeah. Um, but yeah Jackson Kirkland has been pretty solid for this offensive line so far this season uh, only a redshirt freshman but has held his own uh, haven't really heard of him much in there because he's getting his job done so uh, there's another comparison to the mounds of the world but uh, yeah Jackson Kirkland whatever yeah. your dad or grandpa really likes
1: I, uh, <laughs> I liked a lot of that first of all I have heard I saw some BS on the internet the other day that mounds and almond joy are the same thing, but minus the almond, obviously. That is not true. Uh-huh. A, a mounds contains dark chocolate, whereas a, an almond joy contains milk <laughs> chocolate. Um, and therefore, a mounds is a better candy uh, for that purpose. Uh, we call that filler candy in the biz, right? Mm-hmm. The Kind of the non-staple candy that you're not super excited about. Yep. Probably not eating it right away on Halloween, uh, but still an important part of that diet. And then plucking another thing that you said out of this is mm-hmm. the quote... I don't care what you think, <laughs> which I can just imagine like a, a seven-year-old Michael Stanton after a great haul of, of trick or treating of just screaming, "I don't care what you think, I'm gonna eat this." Um, so yeah, that was that was a, a great visual there. Um, On to my last uh, guy here, and that's Levi Onwuzurike, uh, oh. and so saying that name, yep, is the reason why I am comparing him to Twix. Uh Twix okay. is an incredible candy accentuated by a great name. Um Twix is, is just a very solid, just absolutely blows Kit Kat out of the water. First of all, the cookie inside of oh, Twix man. the cookie inside of Twix is better than the cookie inside of Kit Kat, uh despite Kit Kat holding up its its chocolate cookie combo. Um but then also it's you know, it's it's Twix. It's just a great one syllable, uh fun little thing, end of the alphabet uh, thing to say, as with I don't know uh, if I can
0: Agree with you on the whole Kit kick, Kat, kick Twix comparison, but sorry to cut you off. I just needed that to, to be said, but uh, carry on.
1: I'm going to finish uh, talking about Levi and then I'm going to come back for you uh, in, this, okay, in this in this I'm ready debate. Uh, but Levi okay. on Ruzarike has been really coming on. Uh, he looks the part for sure and is starting to play like that uh 12 tackles, two tackles for loss and a sack in the last two games against Oregon and Colorado. Uh really starting to show up in his red shirt red, red shirts sophomore season towards the end of this one, um, certainly poised to uh to be kind of the face of that defensive line heading into next year. Uh just a great name to say and one of those like I'm sure Tony Castricone would just love to get him uh, on more sacks so that he can kind of say his name louder uh along with the uh the Sione Potoahi of the Mm. world, Um, uh, you know, Haoli, Kikaha, right, those great, great uh, sack names that we used to have, but on the is there. Now, Onto this Twix Kit Kat thing, and that actually will pivot us to uh, our our one big question for the week, which we'll start with what the best (laughs) Halloween candy is, but I want to hear, I want to give you a respectful,
0: you know, 15, 20 seconds here uh, to fight for, for Kit Kat over Twix. Well, I don't really know if I can pinpoint exactly why. I just know that I'm a bigger Kit Kat fan. Um, I know that when you eat a Kit Kat, you can, it like melts in your mouth. Like you can literally, you know, when you eat like wafer like cookies, like yeah. you can kind of like suck on them until they're just like nothing. Yes, you can do that with a Kit Kat. And Great I don't know if Twix are uh, are e- are as easily. That's not as possible with Twix. Sure. Okay. So. uh... That's kind of where I'm coming from there, but uh, I don't mind Twix. I'll yeah. eat a Twix. Yeah, I that's, think it's, that's just it's just preference.
1: Yeah, I I've just never really I guess it honestly comes down to that feeling of like having a Kit Kat bar. You have it like in your hand and like you feel like you've given it a, a fair amount of time to just like not melt on you, and then after a bite you uh, get down, yeah. your hand is like completely covered in in chocolate. That's true. That's a little disappointing yeah. about Twix, but or I'll about give you Kit that. Kat. But it sounds like that's actually uh, what you're into. So, um, <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. Wow. I don't yeah. care what you think. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's different strokes for different folks. Uh, but really though, what is, I'm curious what your, what your best candy is. What's, what's the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the,
0: the big coup on a, on a successful trick-or-treating run. Honestly, Reese's peanut butter cups are, have yeah. always been my favorite for as long as I can remember. They're just, they're just damn good. I don't really know how else to say it. <laughs> are you looking at the uh, you know, the the act like
1: the um, you know, the the, the orange square ones, the the normal size ones, or are you talking the mini ones that you might you might end up with too?
0: Uh, I prefer the regular size ones, but I will tell you this, prepping for this podcast last night, I did mow through a decent amount <laughs> of a uh uh Reese's like bits or whatever they're called bag uh, yeah so uh so that was a little, nice inspiration for me while i was prepping for this Mowed through a bag of bits <laughs> well done just getting ready for for halloween next week yeah putting you in, the, gotta the, prep the, put the, you in the right
1: mindset um yeah yeah so twix or sorry not twix uh reese's peanut butter cups kind of entered my life late i was i was not a big like chocolate peanut butter combo okay. fan were you fan sour fan uh i was all about milky way oh
0: okay milky, way. I would, oh, uh, milky nice. way milky
1: way at midnight were probably my 1a 1b yeah um but yeah i've kind of gone away from that i need a little bit more so snickers was late in my life uh kick or, um sorry reese's pieces reese's peanut butter cups all those things those are great i think honestly it's gotten to this point it's a Butterfinger. I love Butterfingers. Oh, it's just okay. Such uh, a that's such a satisfying bite. Uh, when you were talking about the Wikipedia article, I, I almost had to leave this podcast. Crispy peanut so butter core. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a direct quote from Wikipedia. So exactly, it has the consistency of like Val- value add consistency of like roofing, but oh my god, it's it's so tasty. <laughs> um, I love like the, that it gets like caramelized in the back of your mouth, like just in the cavity zone. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, <laughs> That's big big time there, um all right, so sticking with the Halloween theme we uh that was great by the way, the little candy candy guy yeah, yeah. uh, okay. but uh but st- sticking with the Halloween theme, uh talking about this husky season is gonna be our our one big question, but we're gonna tie it in uh like we said to uh to Halloween um so why don't you just compare this season this two thousand eighteen campaign uh to one of your favorites or not favorite, but just one of your childhood Halloween costumes.
0: Sure. Uh, this one was pretty straightforward to me. Uh, myself, which I'm sure like every other kid, my age got boy, my age at the time, uh, had a Superman costume with all like the fake muscles that were (laughs) like six pack, but were nothing, obviously. Uh, that's what I kind of think about for this Husky season because, On paper, we should be really good. But uh, once we get out in between the lines, it's kind of like, oh, we actually have some weaknesses and people can do stuff against us and we haven't lived up to this expectation that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So, um, yeah, fake muscles and all on the outside, I think it's synonymous or similar with Mm. UW's struggles so far this season. So, yeah, Superman.
1: Interesting, interesting. Um, Yeah, that's... uh... That's a similar vibe to what I was going with in just the costume. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, okay, so when I was in like seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade, I wasn't going to go trick-or-treating. I was like right at that age of like, no, F trick-or-treating. I don't, I'm too old for this. Uh, but then yeah. like 10 minutes before, I'm like, shit, I really want to go trick-or-treating. Um, and yeah. so there was this big like white box in my, my living room and I turned it into a Junior Mints box and just wore that <laughs> and walked up and down my hill. Um, it's Probably that was the, like the last solo trick-or-treating run uh, that I went on. But that night, it ended up like dumping rain. So all of the, the Sharpie I had put on my, my trick-or-treating or on my Junior Mints box just kind of wiped away and you couldn't tell what it was and I was just wearing this soggy box. Uh, so it's just an absolute <laughs> disaster. And I was going to compare this season to that, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for the disaster route quite yet. If we lose to Cal... Uh, maybe it's the junior Mids box, um, but uh, for this particular season, I'm actually going to go that when I was like ages six to nine, probably, or maybe like five to five to eight, I wore a Spider-Man costume every single year. Nice. Um, just like every day, fail. in fact. Pretty oh. much, yeah I, yeah. I kept the mask off, but I would just walk around the house with the Spider-Man <laughs> costume, um, and I was like looking back on it, like, man, why didn't I venture out? You know, why didn't I try something new? You know what? I look back on it and I'm like, the Spider-Man costume is just, it's a damn good costume. It's not perfect, yeah. right? It's a nice B-plus costume. And uh, at a certain point, it's like, who cares if you could do better because you had a pretty, pretty pretty damn good costume for this long. you still winning. Exactly, exactly. And I still think yeah. that that's kind of how this, this season goes because it's tough to not uh, bring in this season as to the rest of this kind of Jake Browning era um, of Husky football and kind of, you know, this season is kind of, is the culmination of all of that. Um, and so you're mm-hmm. looking at this season, but you're also kind of looking back at the last four uh, as well. So that was, uh, that was how I thought of it.
0: I, I like the, I like the comparison. I think that's well thought out. Bravo. Appreciate
1: that. Appreciate that.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I hope that you've, uh,
1: you've, you know, prepared and, and have the, uh, the, the lung capacity right now to do what you do best here, which is to, to preview oh, our yeah. next opponent in 30 seconds Uh, You're going to talk about the Cal Golden Bears in that time. Are you ready? I am ready.
0: Let's do it. 30 seconds of the clock. Go. All right. Justin Wilcox, former UW defensive coordinator, is now the head coach at Cal. He is flanked by Marcus Tuasisopo at QB coach, also the uh, past game coordinator. The Bears are 4-3, beating Oregon State last week 49-7, snapping a three-game losing streak. They're 21st overall in, t- in total defense, 320 yards per game. UW is 16th for comparison. Uh, the Huskies are a 12-point road favorite in this one as of now, and UW has taken the last two games in the series by a combined 104-34 to points.
1: You went over this week, but uh, you, uh, had, you had some time budgeted from the last couple of weeks.
0: Okay. Uh, so yeah, I had five seconds from last week. I
1: exactly. Think. Exactly. You and you only used mm-hmm. two of them this week. So well done. Perfect. Uh, yeah, you said it there, Justin Wilcox. Uh, very very
0: chiseled chin
1: uh, will be featured prominently on the broadcast um, mm-hmm. throughout uh, throughout Saturday. Uh, but that he has that defense humming as he did uh, with the the end of the uh, the Sark era Husky teams had had very strong defenses, great talent on those defenses as well. Uh, Wilcox certainly had a good system there, and he has done the same with Cal, so it should be interesting. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit bo- about this later. But the uh, the over under in the game uh, against against Cal is thir- is forty five, and uh, just for perspective, the over under in the uh, Oregon against Arizona game this weekend uh, is sixty five. So this is a, a game where uh, defense will will certainly be on display. Um, sure. So a game that will certainly test kind of all of our worries about the offense. Can it all come together this weekend? All right, let's go to uh, back-to-pack. Let's talk about what happened in the Pac-12 this last week. Uh, first and foremost is the uh, the Washington State Cougars got it done, as we kind of needed in one of them, too. Beating Oregon, it got a little hairy in the second half after Wazoo started up 27 to nothing at halftime. But I think, uh, I don't know if, how much of the second half you were able to watch, but Oregon kind of lost their mind a little bit. Down 27-17, I thought that they could like completely abandon the run game, uh, which made them so so hard to stop uh, against Washington mm-hmm.
0: the week before. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a little strange. I, I saw this game was kind of disjointed for me because uh, we we're watching it in the parking lot after the husky game, and then our generator ran out of gas with about nine mm-hmm. minutes in the second quarter. So then we scrambled and packed everything up, came back to my apartment, went to Buckley's, which is the nearby bar. Yep. Uh, watched the second half, but there was just so many people in there, and uh, we ordered chicken wings. So that was obviously that the, set you back. You know, my, that was where my attention was for <laughs> for a while. Um, so I didn't really see a lot of the specifics of the game, but I just know for a fact that. WSU looked outstanding to start the game. I think it was what 27 nothing at halftime. Yep. And then they just seemingly couldn't do anything in the second half for the most part. Uh, it ended what 34 to 20. So Oregon outscored them 20 to seven in the in the second half. Yep. Um, tail two halves. Luckily, uh, WSU had enough points on the board at halftime to hold on for that win which is big because now we are back to controlling our own destiny in the, in the North. Uh, we just need to get it done and beat the likes of the Cougars and Stanford uh, moving forward.
1: Yep, exactly. Said very well there. Uh, rest of conference, Cal got a tune-up uh, heading into this week against Washington, against Oregon State. Uh, I didn't predict, I did not predict uh, Oregon State win over Cal. I did, did not predict an Oregon State win over Cal, I promise. Um, but uh, they certainly <laughs> did not get anywhere close to getting that did, done. Did
0: did you see the line of that game? Though it was only seven points to Cal.
1: So uh, yeah, uh, they, they they throw out mistake. Forty nine seven Bears over the Beavs. Uh Sorry beeves. it might not happen this year for Jonathan Smith in the Pac twelve. Uh, Utah hangs forty again for the third straight week. They are now uh, beating USC. They are now in the driver's seat for the Pac twelve South, controlling their own destiny. And then UCLA
0: hung on. Go ahead. I I was just going to say that sets up one hell of a game against WSU, Utah versus WSU in a few weeks in Salt Lake City, which could be very interesting for both the North and the South.
1: Yeah, that should be fun. Um, Yeah, the rest of the season – Got a lot of big tilts like that going on. Uh, UCLA hangs on to beat the ghost of Rich Rodriguez and his his son <laughs> uh, at quarterback. They've now won two in a row. It's rolling a little bit for Chip Kelly. We'll see how they hang against Utah on Friday. Uh, this week in the conference, that Utah UCLA game on Friday should uh you know it's a it's a Friday night game in the Pac-12. It should be a very normal, uh,
0: straightforward game, right? Yeah, I would i would think so um but the, de- in the this demons conference, you demons never the know yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah it's like the, the gates of hell could open up at, at midfield and no one would know yeah and no. it would be it would be like oh, okay now we know pack 12 after dark <laughs> baby all right exactly uh, the exactly. beefs the beefs go to boulder um god sorry i just don't think it's gonna happen um and pretty pretty a home home game there asu at usc usc is potentially without jt daniels who is in the concussion protocol uh wazoo goes to stanford in a game that could uh i don't know i if i'm a cougar fan i'm i'm extremely worried about a letdown uh in this game especially Mm -hmm. against the stanford team that um is is probably eager to remind people pretty good too
0: yeah and i think uh I think I'm pretty sure Bryce Love played last week, albeit not very effectively. I think he had like nine or ten carries, so you'd expect him to have that much contribution or that many carries, if not the lion's share in this one. So that's not that doesn't build well for the Cougars um, from a Utah perspective. I don't really know if we care who wins this. I
1: kind of see yeah. both
0: the teams. Yeah, I kind of see both the teams as pretty on par with one another. So and we both have to play them. We have to play both of them still, so um, I don't really care. I guess I'll root for Stanford just because it's the Cougars, but, I mean, if the Cougars win, great. You know, I'm not a huge David Shaw fan anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: kind of into this idea of this Apple Cup just being uh, a, a, a huge event in itself, um, given that yeah. we, w- we won't get yeah. a playoff. Why not get a, a, a nice bowl game? Uh, an elimination then, game. Exactly, and then an elimination uh, Apple Cup as we've had the last couple of years. Uh, and then lastly, Oregon at Arizona. Like I said, that is a game that should be uh, high-scoring, high-flying in that game. Uh, to the rest of the nation, the losers in Week 8, uh, there was one big one, and it was uh, it was Ohio State and West Lafayette losing to Purdue handily. Uh, the Boilers gave it to them 45-20. to 20. Um, That was a game that certainly shook things up in the Big Ten uh, and puts Michigan in a good spot, although they will still have to beat Ohio State. I don't know if Ohio State has any ability to get back into the the playoff talks, but uh, you never know. And then uh, Oregon losing to Wazoo certainly put them out. Any other losers um, from last week? It was kind of, I mean, it was. It's never mild in, in college football, but uh, from that perspective, it was. It was a little light.
0: Yeah, th- I mean, this one was expected, but NC State got trounced by Clemson, forty-one to seven. That was kind of the big ACC showdown of the season. Yep. In some respects, <laughs> their season uh, is over. Honestly. Yeah, I personally, I saw this coming. I just I thought NC State was kind of similar to like a Colorado where their schedule just kind of um, propped them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, it's interesting to note, um, there's always so much talk about the Pac-12 being down. Um, but when I look at the Pac-12, there are five teams ranked right now. Uh, I'm pretty certain the ACC only has two total, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously is not very... Um, glamorous from a Power 5 conference But uh, yeah, Clemson And then that NC State team that just lost Is number 22 So uh, yeah, that could be a little bit better Let's start uh, chirping at the ACC National media Yeah, unfortunately that Clemson team is so talented That uh, it's it, yeah.
1: It's not like you're talking about a complete fraud team It's just a, 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 a sure. talented team With a bad schedule um, And I think uh, you know there's not a whole lot You can do about that to um, so the winners, like I said, Michigan avoids. Uh, you know, you ever play Rage Cage or Chandelier or anything like that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there's the Party Cup in the middle. Yep. Yeah, so losing to Michigan State is the uh, the Sparty Cup, and uh, they, ah. they they avoided the Sparty Cup. Uh, they they beat Michigan State twenty-one to seven. Clubs in exposed some some NC State fraudulence, as you mentioned. They're sitting pretty uh, to be in the playoff picture this week. We have a uh, pretty light schedule of college football other than the Pac-12 like we talked about, uh, but we do have a top 10 edition of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party that is the rivalry yeah. between uh, Georgia and Florida that no one is allowed to call it that because it ended up, It just ends up being this like wild, uh, everyone's hammered event in Jacksonville every year. And I was wondering, why, did, why is it called that, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? Uh, do you know no. the story? No, okay. I'm interested, though. It's it's pretty good. Uh, in the 1950s, uh, Bill Castells uh, was a sports editor for the Florida Times Union, and uh, okay. he he was after a, a Georgia um, Georgia Florida game. He saw a drunk fan of one of the teams uh, stumble over to a police officer and offer that police officer <laughs> a a beer, and that is what caused him to uh to to call it the world's (laughs) largest outdoor cocktail party um for for the rest of time so uh that's a fun one um and that's great uh yeah that's pretty much it in terms of of ranked matchups this weekend hey iowa penn state iowa penn state yet 18 versus 17 this is true this is true ranked matchups that that uh, have implications for um for the uh the college football playoff scene um, uh, so a a caveat so on that, but yeah, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, how dare I forget about about the Hawkeyes? <laughs> let's yeah. uh, let's banish Mark Jones. I hope Mark enjoyed Pullman, okay. Pullman last week, where I sent him. I will say Pullman put on an absolute show both before, yeah. during, and after that game. Um, very, you're uh, too kind to him. Yeah, I really was uh, sending him to there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was good. of Pullman to do to do as
0: well as they did, um, but uh, yeah, where are you sending him this week? Uh, We're going to go to Denton, Texas, where uh, Conference USA showdown between Rice and North Texas is taking place. Uh, North Texas is actually a decent team. They knocked off a Power 5 opponent in Arkansas, which, I mean, isn't necessarily saying a lot, but that is uh, a Power 5 team nonetheless. They're facing the Rice Owls, who I believe are coming into this game at 1-7. Uh, North Texas is a 29.5 point favorite, so this one should be over early. Uh, and I hope Mark Jones enjoys calling a meaningless second half.
1: Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. And you lost me at uh, Conference USA Showdown. Uh, ah, yes. I, <laughs> I sent him to, uh, to a similar, I think this is a Conference USA Showdown, and I think about it, uh, Tulane at Tulsa. Um, just, oh, yeah. just that combination of, of team names. Uh, maybe maybe Tullys could sponsor this this bowl between Tulane and Tulsa. Uh, just <laughs> just about as unappetizing as you could possibly dream up uh, for a college football game. Uh, enjoy it, Mark. Uh, to the great cat we go. My first one here because I know you and I probably have the same second one uh, or at least mm-hmm. one overlap here. My great cat this week okay. is the touchback rule uh, on offense, where if you extend the ball, uh, and it yeah. leaves, leaves your hand and goes out of the end zone. It somehow goes to the other team uh, at the twenty-yard line. Doesn't make yep. any sense um, in terms of the the punishment meeting the crime, uh, if there even is a crime for trying to extend the ball to the goal line. Uh, there's been lots of theories about how to fix the touchback rule. You know, push push the team back to the five, to the ten, uh, whatever. I'm fine with it as long as the the offensive team doesn't have to uh, give up possession of the football uh, because that's just
0: absurd. I wholeheartedly agree. Yes, uh, that's just it. It's just it's just a bad it's just a bad rule. It's a I bad, think it needs to be changed. Bad, dumb,
1: <laughs> stupid, stupid, awful rule. Um, yeah, and I hate it. But uh, yeah, that's that's my first one. And then uh, am I going to guess correctly that that CBS is our? is our uh, other Great Cat of the Week. Well, it's Mark Jones, obviously,
0: and then, yes, CBS.
1: Yes, CBS won the the Mark Jones Award of the Great Cat of the Week. Um, So the story goes with CBS that's great reporting by Adam Jude here to to unearth this, but CBS, during the uh, Alabama-Tennessee broadcast this week, ran a quote um, claiming that uh, Chris Peterson had said that if the Huskies had Alabama's schedule, they would be undefeated. Um, and Brad Nessler and uh, Gary Danielson, the play-by-play and commentary from that game, uh, were like, "Yep, I can't believe he said that." And then they they chimed in to say, "Well, if, if Alabama had uh, Washington's schedule, they'd be undefeated too." Um, to to really hide their SEC bias, they 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 said that on top of on top of all that. Um, so yeah, it was—it's just dumb. I—I I don't understand. It was a fake quote. Peterson never said it, um, has at least publicly, and—and and that's the only way they would even hear about it. Um, so it's just really unfortunate that CBS would run with that and then give people the impression, uh, who are listening to that game, just rabid Alabama fans and SEC country, the impression that uh, that Chris Peterson and the Huskies and West Coast football um, are this evil entity that that says things like that. Uh, and that's just just blatantly untrue, and just as as our good friend
0: Michael Hatcher said earlier today, just bad journalism, folks. Yeah, it truly is. Uh, it's it's a shame that the Huskies and Chris Peterson keep getting dragged into these uh, these type of uh, situations where we're not really at fault for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yet here we are, where I know there's a segment of the college football world. Um, outside of the Seattle area, who's probably annoyed with with the Huskies just because of these headlines that they've seen over the past two years, and I think it's all obviously very unfair because uh, uh, Chris Peterson and this Husky team—I mean, knock on wood—but it's the kind of program that that is as far away from controversy as you could be, uh, given. Just all the crap that's going on in college sports in general nowadays. Um, I hope I didn't just jinx us, but <laughs> at this point in time, I mean, it's just it's just too bad because none of it's true. Like I said, and like you said, so hopefully yeah. this one blows over and Peterson doesn't make any comments about it as he usually does, and it's just is we don't remember it a week from now.
1: Yeah, I mean, they even tried to catch Peterson this week asking him about uh, about Pac-12 officiating or something like that, and he just blew it over. Said I'm not I'm not going to talk about that and. It's just, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a, it's symbolic of how, uh, like you said, this team is, it's not about any sort of controversy, even though they have been embroiled in several of them <clears throat> with broadcasters talking about the Quinn Kassinich stuff from last year, the, uh, obviously the Mark Jones award, why we talk about him is because of that. Uh, the Kirk Herbstreet chiming in about the scheduling and complaining about the, the late night games and stuff like that. Uh, so to have another one of these is just incredible, um, and, and unfortunate, but, uh, I guess we shouldn't be surprised at this point that stuff like this is happening, or that fake news is yeah. spreading, because obviously,
0: ah, <laughs> uh, that
1: is that exactly. is allowed nowadays. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. All right, so let's let's talk about the OKG of the week. Uh, who do you got for
0: this? Well, we both have Ben Burkervin. Obviously, he's yes. becoming the Mark Jones of the OKG award. Honestly. Um, I mean, he's probably just going to be in there every week from here on out. 15 tackles and an interception like we mentioned this past weekend and leads the country in tackles with 108 uh my next one is college game day in Pullman because that was just one of the craziest college football scenes I've ever seen in my life I woke up at six in the morning out here and watched the first hour before uh soccer English soccer started at seven and uh the first hour is just like I've never seen so many people at a game day set and so many flags it was it was pretty cool and Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think Pullman and the whole Washington State community did a fantastic job this weekend, at least from afar, it seemed that way. So um, I have them. And then just rounding out mine would be Purdue, not only for their win, but for the whole uh, story about this, ah. this former student, Tyler Trent, who has been battling bone cancer and uh, just that he was able to make it out to that game and uh, to witness one of the biggest upsets I would assume in recent memory for the Boilermakers, so uh, that was awesome. And I think he's actually going to be on Scott Van Pelt tonight, so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool as well.
1: Yeah, great, great, uh, great call there. Talking about that Tyler Trent story is an awesome one. Uh, also to Rondale Moore, receiver for Purdue, who uh, who spurned Ohio State at the uh, at the podium oh, yeah. at the podium, choosing mm-hmm. Purdue instead of them. Uh, and then uh, giving it to them on Saturday. Uh, Great stuff there. My OKG, uh, extending outside of uh, Husky football and uh, college football in general, uh, was Mike Hopkins for A, leading the uh, UW Huskies to to an exhibition win in Reno uh, over a Nevada team that people are talking about as a Final Four contender, uh, beating them by 18 in Nevada. I thought it was awesome that Nevada ran that live stream, probably with the assumption of showing their fans uh, a nice win and uh mm-hmm. they uh they lost by uh almost 20 in a game that UW was shorthanded for certainly a good wait, sign wait there was a live stream uh, like
0: actual video
1: no just just the uh the the running box yeah the running okay. box
0: where, yep okay perfect Yeah, okay. you did wow. not miss i thought i was missing out there <laughs> no no no
1: um yeah so so that was funny um, Mike Hopkins has also been sending Starbucks cards to media members including the members of the One Shining podcast if if, if nothing else they've been talking about it uh, and then uh, Hopkins now has the 25th ranked Huskies in the AP uh, preseason there poll go. they're doing something right, a lot of things right I should say in the, uh, the preseason hype um, category and then backing it up against Nevada and then last one here, I was just at uh, the University of Northwestern or, Sorry, or Northwestern University Uh, For the last couple of days On Monday I was at the grad school campus In Chicago Uh, Got to hear from uh, Mike Adamley Who is um, a Northwestern legend He uh, was a running back in the late 60s Early 70s Ran for 316 yards against Wisconsin Back in I think 1970 um, And uh, played in the NFL Uh, Mike is now living with Probable CTE uh, Has been diagnosed with what doctors say Are symptoms concurrent with that disease Um, Just an incredible story as he is uh, publicly biting, fighting that disease but an incredible guy, incredible spirit incredible courage um, as he continues to fight that and hearing him talk to uh, Northwestern students uh, was really was really cool. Uh, Mike will be flipping the coin at the Wisconsin-Northwestern game uh, on nice. Saturday uh, against the team that he ran for 316 y- yards uh, some uh, almost 50 years ago which is pretty crazy um so i awesome. encourage you if you go wildcats yes yeah definitely uh, i encourage you if you uh, are listening to to go check out mike adam story it is uh it is truly inspirational uh but uh that'll do it for us this week on our kind of pod thank you as always for listening uh we changed up a little bit this week we'll be back to a normal schedule unless uh unless we lose to cal and then we'll just be throwing things on air for for a good 50 minutes um but uh, hey we can always do candy again just to kind of lighten the mood <laughs> yeah next week so. you might tune in and now we're just talking about the intricacies of a of a
0: uh, of a mars bar but um
1: yeah hopefully or, yeah
0: we'll, we'll extend the twix versus Kit Kat comparison yeah uh, that'll controversy. Be, the, that'll be the theme of,
1: of everything going forward
0: um
1: <laughs> all right folks thank you for listening see
0: ya everybody know I'm my dog and it happy girl bread its the phone aka do make it big plays all day you know the thanks
1: Stanton for coming on and thanks to you all for listening see you next week don't least come on we exposing all teams
0: who saw Train killing dogs who put it in endless work. Mm-hmm. It's the dog pal. sucker step up and get burnt mm-hmm. Growling and walking, coming down the tunnel. Uh-oh, the wild dogs broke out of the kennel. All they want to do is run ahead. So watch out, because you about to get big. Sorry you buns the pack can't win. we top of the-